0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Define. I'm sensing a theme in these first few episodes where I kind of dive into the trait that's specified in the interviews. The last post was on self-awareness. The next one is actually self-acceptance. Today, we're talking about self-trust. And if you haven't listened to the Define Michelle episode, I highly, highly recommend you listen to it. She is incredibly talented, and I love what she said. Now, I think this fits in very well. Self-trust is a very niche part of not only being self-aware, but also critical self-acceptance. So it kind of fit perfectly in this. So what is self-trust and why should you care? Self-trust is an important facet of self-acceptance. Cynthia Wall, author of The Courage to Trust, a A Guide to Building Deep and Lasting Relationships, says this about the trait. Quote, self-trust means that you can take care of your needs and safety. It means you trust yourself to survive situations and practice kindness, not perfection. It means you refuse to give up on yourself, end of quote. With that kind of definition, I don't know how you can't care. The ability to continually invest and show kindness to yourself is really difficult, especially as we try to become more self-aware. As you're Trying to take time to understand what your strengths and what your weaknesses are. I think it's really easy to fall into the rabbit hole of, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. So I think self-trust and understanding not only that you can depend on yourself, which is a very valuable skill, but also to show kindness to yourself throughout the process I think is key here. And as I did my research, self-trust didn't have as much research as like self-awareness, for example, because it wasn't such a buzz topic. But it's still super important. And all the sources, and this was kind of nice, all the sources I found kind of all fell into the exact same recommendations with how to develop self-trust. So let's dive right into that. Number one, speak kindly to yourself. This doesn't mean that we don't need to be critical of what we're doing and why, because that kind of defeats the point of self-awareness as well. And self-trust isn't meant to counteract so your self-awareness. It's meant to help solidify it and make it sincere. But it does mean we need to have compassion on ourselves when we fall short of where we want to be, which we all need that. The second part, and this one I feel quite strongly about, and hopefully we'll have the opportunity to discuss this in more detail in a future interview. But know your emotions are important, all of them, understand why they're there, and don't just shove them down. This one in particular has been difficult for me. I would much rather be a robot than have to deal with feelings the mass majority of the time. But the more I've tried to understand what's caused a most reaction, the easier it is for me to address. I'm a big suppressor. Like if something horrible happens, and I got made fun of this uh, (laughs) by my my old boss, and I, I don't blame him. Like when I got laid off... Or when I left my husband, even I went home and I fell asleep like immediately. I took a nap and then I'd wake up and I'd be okay. It was like something in my brain reset. And there's actually some studies to show that's really good to fall asleep for at least two hours in the first 24 hours of a traumatic period if you can, because it helps your brain kick in in a different way to process the emotions. But that being said, instead of waking up and kind of facing it, it would wake up, okay, what's my to-do list? Understand the emotions and working through the emotions was not part of my process. And having to implement that as part of my process as an adult has been difficult. Not impossible, but still difficult. The third one is ask how you're doing. Michelle mentions this in her interview, and I found it super fascinating and want to try it. So Michelle mentions in her interview that she had to set a timer to check in with herself every 15 minutes when she started trying to narrow down if she's doing something she actually wanted to or not. Every 15 minutes, which is seems excessive, and she says it seems excessive, but when you're trying to shift your mindset and move out of this mode where you're trying to take care of everyone else, which is good, and, and we've all been there and need to be there at different points, but to try to shift back to focusing on how you're feeling Knowing you're okay, that you are taking care of your needs, you kind of need to do something like that. When you when you've trained your brain and not worry about where you're at, just keep you on the back burner. Why wouldn't you have to check in that often? So I really love that she mentioned that she did that, and it became easier in time to kind of shift her brain to remembering who what she needed as well. So I thought that was great. Um, the other one, and again, I'm very. <laughs> I'm a huge, strong advocate of this too, but boundaries, setting boundaries and knowing you're setting the right ones is key. If you trust that you're doing the right thing, it's easier to do. And if you have no idea on how to get started, I highly recommend boundaries by the book boundaries by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. I read this during the divorce process and recommend it to literally everyone who is going through a divorce or struggling with boundaries with in-laws, kids, what have you. Work. I don't care. This book is awesome. It made that whole experience so much easier for me. And I always recommend it when someone's having a hard time. I recommend it for my brother when he got home from his mission. Like, I swear by this book. It's one of my all-time favorites. I, real quick with the emotions part, because I forgot to mention this, but (laughs) I mean, I struggle with emotions. I mentioned the nap nap stuff, which is real and don't make fun of me for it. I will pull up that study. It's legit. But honestly, all, all of our emotions are a gift. And if we are spending so much time trying to suppress that part of essential part of who we are, then we can't trust ourselves to handle them when they come. I know for me, if I get too upset or too excited, my knee-jerk reaction is just, whoa, 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 whoa. you're feeling too much. Put it down. So part of me to help me through this has been to study what the emotions are for. So for example, anger helps us know when something is not okay. That's a great emotion to feel. And that's something our body and our brain's like, hey, something's not all right with this. That doesn't mean we have to feed it in a bad way, but it means we know something's not right. Sadness helps us know when we need to slow down and process. When you break down in your car, it's because you needed to break down. It's not because you're broken. I mean, yes, you're you're probably, I know I broke down in my car just because I felt very broken at the time, but actually feeling the sadness and actually being overwhelmed by the emotion does not mean you're broken. It means you've needed to take that time to process something that you haven't. Happiness helps us know a little more about our purpose in life. When you are just happy and full of joy, that's, supposed to help you get an idea where you're supposed to go. Don't rush through your emotions. Every single one has a purpose. And I think for us to really develop self-trust, we need to check in with ourselves. We need to have boundaries. We need to set up some logical things to help us shift to knowing that we're okay, where it's not, oh my gosh, does this really bother me or does it not? No. And seriously, listen to Michelle's interview. She does such a great job explaining this whole process, but the boundaries, the checking in that's, that's all to set up the stage to help us understand ourselves in a deeper way, help us be more self-aware and introspective and actually allow us to set up an effective process to work through what we're going through in our life. Um as you're listening to this, if I missed anything obvious or something, well, this really helps me, let me know. Let me know if there's anything you recommend to develop self-trust. It's a really intriguing topic, and I know this podcast isn't very long, but it's it's all valid. These This is one of my favorite things to research because it was so clear-cut in every article I found. There wasn't really any argument. This is what self-trust is. This is how to develop it. And I think as we're trying to develop our self-awareness – and as I mentioned in the next episode, we're going to be talking more um, to Ben about self-acceptance. These all kind of fit together. And I'm really excited because this was not on purpose. This just kind of fell into my lap. And I'm pumped. I'm pumped when that ever happens. So I'm excited to see what's after that. So thank you so much for tuning in. Again, if you want to nominate someone to be interviewed on on a defining moment in their life and their character traits, please go nominate them at Kayleespeaks.com/slash podcast and have a great day.